This episode of MBSing is sponsored by Field Notes brand. USA made memo books and other products, including seasonal limited editions. Visit fieldnotesbrand.com or 400 North May. I'm your host, Mary Beth Smith. My guest today is the lovely Jake Grafstein. Uh, I can't get through an intro about that guy without a smile spreading across my face because he's just a delight. He's so kind and interesting and funny and was so willing to share so many uh, idiosyncratic things with me about his love of lists. I think this unfolded in absolutely the right way that it should have in that uh, at the top of the show I asked him what his topic was going to be and he read me a list of possible topics, then decided to just talk about lists. So, that's where we're at. That's the world we live in. (laughs) Uh, So, a bulk of this was him sharing uh, the lists that he keeps and maintains on a daily basis. Um... But also we get into, like, some of the ways that uh, creatives interact with one another, the way that we work on projects, the way that we consume entertainment. Um, And uh, I think this is especially pertinent to Jake and my relationship with one another as I met him doing the 48-hour improv marathon that he uh, and his friend Sarah Pandey organized and produced at the... uh, playground theater last year and or this year but earlier this year and they're planning to do another one later that uh jake assures me i'll (laughs) be a part of as a performer but um that was sarab's idea on some sort of list and jake was a, a proponent of getting it produced and then we also interacted with one another spent a weekend together working on a thing uh organized here I say here, you don't know where here is, Uh, but it's at the offices of Cards Against Humanity where I record this show, Um, and Jake told me afterwards that he felt remiss in not thanking Cards Against Humanity for kind of hosting this show um, in terms of a physical place that it gets produced, and and before this, he was kind of seeing how the, uh, what is that, how the bread is made, is that the phrase? I don't think it is. Um, But he just, you know, kind of got to witness some of how things get set up and how the people here help me out in infinite ways. Uh, So always a thank you to them and to everyone who supports the show. Jake did a lot to acknowledge um, what the show is in his mind and uh, how gracious he was to be a part of it. And man, that kind of stuff means the world. It's awesome. Uh, if you want to make a physical representation of you listening to the show and being supportive of it, go to iTunes, leave a review, or just a star rating. Um, just a rating, that's what that's called. Um, if not, I don't... <laughs> to be perfectly honest, I don't really care. Uh, but I'm just so glad that people actually listen to it and enjoy it. This past weekend, I was at a high school friend's wedding. 
my dear friend Brian Brooks, who I've definitely told stories that involve him on the show before, uh, told me that he and his now wife have been able to share the show to, with one another, and um, and he's, you know, we've had interactions before this about his listenership, and it, it truly blows my mind. I'm just like, that anyone would take time out of their day. <laughs> Uh, to pay attention to this thing that I um, am a host of and produce is is so flattering to me in so many ways. So thank you so much for listening to this in the first place. And thank you to Jake for sharing his love of lists with me. I have a brief list of plugs. First, I'll do Jake's. Soon he's going to release a show, uh, a, a web series, if you will, called The Last Week Show. Um, I will do my very best to keep an eye on when that comes out and to properly plug it. Um, but we mentioned that I'm going to be a guest on that. If you're listening to this the day it comes out, then I'll be a guest on it tonight. If not, time is irrelevant. Uh, also, he has a show with his group Brand New Toys. Uh, their director is past guest of the show, Brandon Dowling. And uh, they put on, they're putting on a sketch show on Thursdays at 8 at the Public House in, from now until Thanksgiving. So if that's something that strikes your fancy, check that out. Because I like those boys. And Jake has been really uh, unendingly supportive and kind to me um, since I've met him. And I, I really appreciate that about him. I think that really comes through in this show. You've got this Saturday and next Saturday to check out Splatter Theater at 10 o'clock. If you're looking at it for next Saturday, which is Halloween, we also have a show at 8 o'clock. So you got three more chances to see the show. Thursdays at 9.30, you can see the fishbowl. Jake and his friends on Brand New Toys were, if I'm not mistaken, the very first opening group for the fishbowl. If not the very first, then they were up there. So uh, it's pertinent here, kind of. Um, listen to the other podcasts in the Chicago Podcast Co-op. If you like this show, you may like Write Club. It's a literature as a blood sport. Two opposing writers, two opposing ideas, each fighting for deathless glory. Hosted by Polar Opposites, Ian Belknap and Lindsay Moscato. I think that matches very well with Jake saying that sometimes he just needs a little turmoil in his creative life. He just needs other people to maybe disagree with him so that he can uh, hash out something that he thinks is a good idea. Because he probably had it on one of his many lists that he keeps. I think that's all I got. Turn the brightness down. Really Turn the brightness. It's all the way down as oh, low cool, as it can cool, be. Cool. And my keyboard's down as low as it can be. And, like, everything's turned off. The only thing this baby is focusing on is capturing our little our voices. voices. Which I already started recording, and we haven't even talked about what you're talking about. Oh, my God. Well, first, let's do a cheers. Oh, please. Absolutely. First things first. I have a very real cheers. And it is to you for doing this podcast for so long. It's so It's extremely impressive hitting this many episodes and... Having dedication. Cheers to you. Thank you so much. It's, um, that is a delicious wine. Yes. I love it. Thank you. Um, my compliments to the sommelier. Um, <laughs> or I guess I should compliment like the fermenters. I don't know what those are called. Vintner. 
Vintner, you would would know. be my guess. So. You, you're probably right. I don't know. <laughs> this goes back to something you mentioned before we started recording, which is that you try to pretend like you know things about. Well, things that was going to be that's on my list of potential things that would have been uh, expertise because wine. No, um, pretending, pretending I know, that you know things, which you do for this podcast. That's the whole premise. It is hard. Yeah, that's so funny. Um, it's. I feel like the hardest ones are when I don't have like a kernel of a way in you know what i mean yeah when i don't have when i can't think of like anything to to be able to like bounce back at the guest that's hard for me as the guest as well, the host you know what they say mbs it until you make it mbs it until you make it uh thank you so much for your compliment on my ability to have been consistent on this it's one of the only things that i really like hold myself accountable for and i really like doing it so it's an easy combination of things you know what i mean you're good at doing it you've had a nice mix of guests and i i because i'm doing my show uh-huh that is also an interview type show mm-hmm. it's tough to yeah. a get people to want to do it build the following you've done a great job Thank you. That's very sweet. I say that with sincerity. I know you do. You're a sincere person. Oh, my God. I've never heard that. Really? Honestly, yeah. I, I I really think so. Like, I know that in your mind, it's like, no, I'm so silly. Like, I make jokes all the time. But when you want to be, you're very sincere, I that, think. That is extremely nice. <laughs> and I, I honestly take that to heart. That's v- because I rarely hear that. Really? Kind of yeah. I mean that about you. Thank you. At, at least in my um, my time with you. I feel like you like very genuinely are supportive and like compliment and like respond to things in a way that like can be hard to find in the comedy community. I'm so glad this is going out on the air. (laughs) So people that don't know me think I'm sincere. That's really nice. Mary Beth Smith. I mean it. Um, When I was, I studied abroad and when I was at some class in Rome, the teacher had us go up and give a speech or something and then he basically had the class rip us apart. And the thing the class said about me, they just shat all over me. And they were like extremely insincere. Really? Feels like a salesman. And I do sales for my day oh. job. But it, it was. I guess I can see that. I can see. I think I can see how you're like. I don't know. Persona is a bad word because that makes it seem like you're putting it on. But like your personality may seem insincere to other people. But to me, it reads as sincere. Well, thank you. Yeah. I mean that. It really means a lot. <laughs> it really does mean a lot to me. Um, so how does this normally go? Do you ask Usually me? Usually I would know what your topic is before I started recording, but I kind of like this. Fly- I already felt like I was like putting this off and I was just like, let's get this fucking party started. Well, let me tell you. That I panicked about what my expert. I'm sure most people do. Y- yes, I would say it's there's rarely an in between. It's either someone is like, I know exactly what I want to talk about, or someone is like, I there are like four things that maybe I guess I could talk about. Right. I, I don't feel like I know enough about any of them. And the thing that I usually give as like advice is usually go with your gut. Yeah. Um. Whatever like stuck out to you the most when you first started thinking about it. And secondly, it's to uh, my, the first question I'm going to ask. Spoiler alert: Is what's the origin of your love for the topic? Oh. And the last question that I'll ask is how you feel your love for that topic um, and your knowledge of that topic influences you, like creatively, and then your life, kind of in general. Okay, cool. Well, so and that usually helps people. Usually, when I say that. nine times out of ten maybe even more than that the guest is like oh then i'm going to talk about this which i think is kind of fascinating that like just that little bit of extra 
like push in the direction of how a person should be thinking or how I would love for I mean, I've done this 120 times, um, how I would love for people to be thinking or like the things that I think work the best. Hey, has anybody asked you this question? If I were the lovely Mary Beth Smith and you were the sincere Jake Grafstein mm-hmm. and you were my guest, what would you bring as your expert topic? Um, I, so I've talked about this before. Okay. Um, it's Parks and Rec and I did it for my, uh, my hundredth episode. Oh, okay. Cool. With, cool, cool, um, cool. Trin Garitano. Nice. Yeah. I just saw her. She's great. So my thought was going to be that my expertise would be lists because I started making a list of like things that I might be an expert in. Um, and the first thing on the list was lists. But See, this is the kind of thing where like you put it out into the world and people are like, I don't know if you're full of shit or not. But I, but I, but I, I genuinely was pretty sure that you enjoyed making lists, even though I also knew there was love lists. the love of the joke. So. Can I read the full list to you very quickly? Please. It's only seven or eight things. Please. Number one, lists. <laughs> Number two, soups and pies. Oh, both. Love it. That's my – I love all soups and pies. <laughs> uh, number three was snacks. I don't know if I'm a perfectionist on snacks. Oh, I don't know I... Jake's next, Dean. <laughs> number four would be um, being the age five. Okay. I think, I think I crushed it at five. Wow, cool. Okay. Yeah, and – it was really important to me being five. And my mom talks about me at five a lot. I'm oh, a big fan of that. I love this. Uh, These are all so good so far. Then the one that is probably the most cookie cutter that I think would be the right thing would be Seinfeld. Because really? Because I've seen every episode multiple – and maybe just sitcoms. Okay. I'm a huge Frasier fan, Seinfeld fan. Okay. Uh, being a twin. Love it. Not I as good as being five. I don't think I knew you were a twin. I have a twin sister. She's a minute uh, older than me. Frat. Frat twins. Frat twins. Um, Can you be ID twins? Didn't think so. If I had a vagina or if she had a penis, yes, we could be. But but no. Diffies. Yeah. And actually, here's a little fact about twins. I'm an expert. A lot of times when you see people that you would think are identical twins, they're biologically fraternal? still fraternal twins. Interesting. But they just look so, so much alike. So identical twins are like that's uh, rare. They're very rare, indeed. I, I don't know what the statistics are. Are MK and Ashley identical twins? I don't think they are, actually. For reals? I believe they're not. Dang, dude. I don't know You're that. kind of blowing my mind with uh, this. Okay. The last few things on this list w- is um, my day job, which is corporate financial research. Right. Which I don't know if you'd know anything about, so it'd be boring. No, but it wouldn't be boring. I would just want you to like actually want to talk about it and like be excited about talking cool. about it. Uh, I have love on the list. Oh, I, I'm, I an ex- love that. I'm, an, I'm an expert in love. An That's expert for sure. Love. <laughs> <laughs> then, uh, then I added talking about things that I know nothing about, right? Which is your thing, and then New Year's resolutions, which kind of folds into lists. That's funny because that was also inspired by the wine thing, right? Because you kind of mm-hmm. made a new. It reminded me that to... I make like seventy five New Year's resolutions every year. <laughs> I like. I legitimately. I for some reason, I thought you were about to say what you like, what your salary is, <laughs> and explain why you could justify like not buying wine at Walgreens anymore. And I was like, "Wow, Jake!" <laughs> for, for the listeners, I told Mary Beth Smith that my one of my news resolutions was to stop buying wine from Walgreens and start it, drinking. This wine is very good. It's it's one of those it like like live your life kind of thing that's a live your life resolution well it's not that much more expensive you could spend eight bucks at walgreens or 12 bucks true at a grocery store or a wine spot very true and probably get a little better bottle of wine so i think we go with lists 
and we talk lists. I love it. Because that, was, okay that. that was a list that I just l- read. I love that. Then, this is what I'll do now. My ge- my guest is Jane Krabstein. <laughs> Hi, Mary Beth Smith. <laughs> or Jacob Laughstein, yes. as we like to call him. Yes, thank you. I told Stephanie today, before we left for work, um, that I said that like we like rode together, <laughs> like she was my spouse and we I drove her to work. Um, before each of us separately were heading off to work. Um, I told her that you were my guest tonight and I said, Jake's doing it. And she said, joke. <laughs> she, as she, though she would not understand who I was talking about unless I called it, you a joke. It's catching on. I might legally change my name. Oh. <laughs> That's your Twitter, Twitter it is. handle, right? Yes. Everyone, please follow me at joke Laughstein. That's L-A-U-G-H-S-T-E-I-N. <laughs> Uh, I love the idea of talking to you about lists. Lists are great. We could even list off all of the snacks that you like to eat. We could list off your favorite Seinfeld episodes. We could list off your favorite sitcoms. We could just work in everything that you potentially wanted to talk about. Well, my relationship with lists goes deeper than the numbers. Okay. I would say. What is the origin of your love for lists? There we go. I knew you'd (laughs) ask that. How did I know? I told you five minutes ago. <laughs> my origin, the origin of my love for lists is probably improv related. Really? Early in my improv career. And even now, one of my defaults is when oh, you're on stage listing things. I. Because I. I recognize this now that you say it. <laughs> I like, that's the way I perform is like list a lot of specifics or just list things. Yeah. Or in a song, I'm not a great <laughs> musical performer, so uh-huh. I'll just list stuff verbally. It's so funny that you say that. I saw hair <clears throat> at my alma mater this past week, and I told you I went to a wedding. Mm-hmm. But I also saw a play at my alma mater. Um, and I had never seen hair before. And after the intermission and i didn't like talk about this to anyone until after the show or uh writing back to where we were staying but i was just like you know what (laughs) a lot of lists in that musical like it is just like a musical of i'm a blank i'm a blank like it like or like um when they're listing off like things that they're angry about like because it's so protesty and so like one I think it was kind of the birth of like a self-aware generation in a lot of ways, and and it's like made that a uh, a little more relevant musical now than it used to be because I think we're a more the genre is more relevant. Um, even the- even like hair itself, the way that it's very like it, it very much protests like um, w- like a lot of that's going on at the time, war and and uh, people being against the use of drugs and people being against um, like free love and all these hippie like yeah. things and i think we're kind of like come back around to those kinds of things being relevant um but it's basically just like a lot of it's, it's not a bad musical there's some good lists. songs in it and there were great performances but very chock full of lists <laughs> i love lists it's my um because of the way that i think and my brain works i just work better with lists and up until college i was a very disorganized person and then I got super into lists. Mm. So maybe college, but... Um, when did you start doing improv? I took a Second City teen class when I was like 13 or 14. Oh, I love that. And then I did improv in high school. I, you know what? I, Me and my best friend, Brian Quijada, started 
an improv team in high school and we just kind of picked people. We like cast people from Highland Park and the name of the team was the Improvisizers. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And we rehearsed at uh, Amos Vanderpool's house or Elisa Reddish's house. Amos. These are killer names. Amos Vanderpool, Elisa Reddish, Eric Scott, Meredith Dawson, Jamie Gerber, Kyle Sleeper, Brian Quijada, Jacob Lasting. That was all of the improvisizers. The improvisizers. That's my improv first team. <laughs> Mine was improvable cause. Improvable That's what my uh, college's team was called. When I got into college, my lists were all electronic. And Where'd my, you go to school? I went to Northeastern in Boston. But at the time, and I can't even think of the exact origin, I used to keep hundreds of lists and when i say hundreds i mean like 200 plus lists of insane things oh my god like things i want for my house when i'm older uh types of foods i haven't eaten that i'd like to just like I, I, anytime I, you like thought of something you could make a list of yeah i had a list of my lists of course i mean you did yeah that was electronic all is what you said yeah so like in Excel or Google Drive, Word? Excel, were all that stuff. And okay. I used to do stand up when I was in college too. And that, like, I kind of thought that that you need like a joke would list. tie in, yeah. But over the last, oh my God, it's probably been eight or nine. Did years you ever have material about how you kind of look like Dane Cook? No, Has I was. Anyone people, told people have told me that, and at the time, I was super sensitive to it. Really? and was always mad about it. I thought that the first time I saw you, but not in a way that I was like, um, it was just like, oh. He kind of looks like Dane Cook. You know, like it wasn't like That's nice. the only thing I could think about when I saw you or anything. Hey, Dane. <laughs> I was just curious because doing stand-up in, and I think, didn't he get started in Boston too? I could be wrong. Yeah. No, he was okay. a Boston comic. I don't think he started, maybe he started there. Yeah. Okay. But um, he definitely was there for a little amount of time. My material was so bad. <laughs> It was all what you would expect a 19-year-old white boy. Yeah. I mean, it was about, like, jerking off and how I like snacks. I guess my jokes are still the same. Because <laughs> <laughs> that, that masturbation joke didn't make it to the to air, but you no. you did make a masturbation joke I did make one. Earlier. <laughs> well, I mean, but that's just, you're talking about open mics. Like, yeah. it's a bunch of young, like, I don't want to stereotype or say that there aren't other people who don't fit this bill, but a vast majority of the people at them, because of the you know the way that comedy, the way that comedy is like uh, accessed and the areas that we live in and things like that, a majority of open mics around here are young white dudes talking about how they're either unemployed or underemployed, right? <laughs> about something masturbation related or like sex related or mm -hmm. how they're not having any, and yeah, like how terribly they eat. No, I, I, uh, I it was the same. I was the same <laughs> way, and I, I think I grew more because at the end of my college experience, I stopped doing stand up and focused specifically on improv, and I was. Mm. On the touring company for Improv Boston, and I performed at cool. Improv Boston. I was obsessed with that place. That's I, awesome. I got really lucky with that While theater. you were still in school? Yeah, I was a senior, and then right after, as I was a senior. I, I loved that theater. I still do, and the yeah. people who run it are outstanding. I've met um, at least two or three people in Chicago who I've gotten to be on teams with who came from the Boston improv scene, and just some of the best, smartest improvisers that I've ever gotten to work with. Liz it, Caradonna and um, uh, Scott Braidman. 
I know Scott Braidman and love Scott Braidman. He's you gone now, Scott though. Braidman. Yeah, he's moved back. Scott Braidman is... We performed a little in Boston, I think, together. I love him. He's back in the area. He's back doing stuff in, in Boston. Yes, in Boston, correct. Because it was just after his five Bs at I.O., I believe. Um, but they have a baby on the way, don't they? they or maybe it's born. She's it's born. born. She's so pretty. Yeah, Scott Brayman's very funny. There are a lot of great people He's from just so smart and understated. And if I may give you another compliment before we continue talking, there are times, especially when I'm not involved in what, but I, st- but I see you perform, like in the Lola shows that I'm seeing, and at least one or two other things, maybe a brand new toys thing or something where you'll make a move that the audience would never pick up as, like, a really smart, really interesting move. But I'll just feel like, "Ah, that Jake Grafstein, like, (laughs) what a smart move. Like, really, like, you're a good uh, support player, even though I don't know if that always, like, shows. Got it. Things I never hear, but I, I'm dying and so I mean excited. It, dude. I, I mean love it. it. Thank you. I've, I feel like I've literally like had that conversation with someone before, or like said that I saw that. That's you know, the way that you perform. That's really very nice of you. It means it. I, and I feel like Scott was that way too. That's like why I brought it up in the first place is because Scott was such a like understatedly smart improviser. Oh, that guy is such a giving player. He's somebody who gives specifics and gifts and he doesn't need to get the laugh, but he's there to be part of the (sighs) scene. Right. And like, we talked about this so much because he was on my team, Reagan Reagan for a while while he was in Chicago. It was like the main thing that he got to perform with. And like we, every day that we were a team were just like, where did this guy come from? He is like a godsend. Like, cause we had already been together for a while. We never thought we'd be able to add someone who really like got it. And he did from day one. And, uh, and then, and, uh, but as a team, the, the thing that we always talked about was that like, he is that kind of player because he's that kind of person. He's just like a very giving, very kind human. I think it trickles down. The guy who runs, Improv Boston is Mike Dakota, who's mm-hmm. an ex-Second City guy. He's from Chicago mm-hmm. improv scene. And then Dina, Ta- Dina Kreiss, or Dina Tolliver, when I knew her. And then Will Luera and Bobby Smith. Like, there are teachers there that are they that way. embody they, that. Yeah, they That's preach. That's really it's cool. It's all about, like, a- an ensemble thing. I think you can you can say that and, and preach it a lot. Um, but if you don't actually, like, follow through on it as a performer... Uh, then it doesn't mean anything to the people that you're teaching it to. Well, so this folds a little bit back in the list. Beca- Love it. Because the the impetus behind most of these 200 lists is very parallel to the idea of, like, trying to become better in as a performer or just in general and, like, quantifying or tracking yourself. And mm-hmm. so there's a really great one-man show that's on YouTube done by Dimitri Martin that is outstanding and it affected me a lot. It inspired me in so many ways when I first saw it. He's so smart. He's so smart. But this, this is what's his show called? It's called if I, I think I've heard of it. I think it's on, it's in six or eight parts on YouTube and you can watch it. And he does it in Britain, which I think is like such a cool move. A, and it's because he's so wordplay based. Well, it's got, it's got some of his jokes like that, but it, it shows you a peek behind the curtain why he's like that. Because, and if I is a palindrome and the structure of the show is that it hits like all the definitions of the word if and how that has affected him. But, but it's showing you into his life of like how he would 
track and challenge and quantify and list his life. Oh, I love that. And how it like forces him to grow or how it, it gives him a snapshot of his life. And that affected me in a big way. And so I did that for a very, very long time. Wow. I used to use these like daily tracker apps and like, yeah. not for like my calories or anything, but for way, way crazier things. Really? Oh God. Like peas and poops? Way crazier <laughs> than that. Oh my God. Peas and poops is like the have apps for that. That's normal. We're talking like, and even now I'm I, a little bit tied like, to like brush your teeth, pick your nose. Like all, I can't, I'm trying to think of minute, things. minute by minute. So I could look That's back. Crazy. Yeah. And I think the, the reason behind it is the same reason that I keep lists. And I still, what I was going to say is the evolution of these 200 lists is it's down to like 15 that I probably touch every day or every other day. Okay. And the 15 lists are like, maybe the, maybe there are six of the 15 that are so important to me. Okay. And like when I die, that's my legacy uh, are these six lists. I love this. It's Did on, you hear that? <laughs> they're on, As Pete Holmes would say, <laughs> free podcast. <laughs> they're on my Google drive and whoever can get the password gets all these lists. <laughs> the lists are so important. You, Okay. Do you want to know what the list is? Absolutely. Okay, I do okay. more than anything. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the list, it's been a long while segmenting them out. But one of the lists is two, – two of them are pretty straightforward. Uh, the first one used to be segmented into five. It was like jokes, sketch ideas, general comedy ideas, general creative ideas. And now it's just comedy and creative mediums. Okay. So it's like, I think I've seen you with that open on your yeah, I computer open it. before. Yeah. People are like – and so that's like if I have a one-man show idea, if I have an idea for something that should be an element in a show, if I have a joke, if it's a just sketch, a joke, anything. Yeah. It's tough to immediately take a creative idea and be like, that's the medium it fits in. Yes. Especially when there's so much out there now. Yes. Even the last week's show, which you're going to be my guest on tomorrow. Can't wait. It's my little mini interview web series. That was like a sketch idea, right? Uh, I mean, there are like different ideas. When... Do you know when you're going to start releasing those or when you're going to release? I, you're doing them all at once? You're my 10th. And then I think I'm going to post on Facebook and be like, season I one have ten. over. Yeah, 10 cool. is done. And I struggle with the film editing. Yeah. When, you wa- when you watch them, you're like, ooh, yeah. <laughs> He's not a film editor for sure. See, I thought your timing for the editing in the one that I've watched was really effective. That's really nice. Yeah, Thank I you. mean I, that. I think my instincts are better than my technical ability. That is doesn't surprise me at all i think that's where a lot of people because like i've tried to edit things before and it's like i know what should happen but that doesn't mean it's gonna look any good <laughs> yeah well i editing is hard i, I, I have you a know. bad camera too and it like yeah. shuts off sometimes and Aww. jesse gomez was a guest of mine and we lost like half of his episode Whoa. and his episode's still really good uh-huh. because we filmed for a while and got good, good stuff but it, it it was just that so sucks. apparent that i need somebody else so i might reach out to people and see if like a production team wants to help me or I don't know. Yeah. Now that you'll be the 10th, which will Number be 10, baby. Um, so that's one list is like comedy mediums. Okay. Um, the second list is business ideas slash inventions. And this list has been going on. Did for, you hear what oh. he just said? He has an entire list of business ideas and inventions. That's what kind of guy we're working with here. This is my... This is my legacy. It's so important. This makes me so (laughs) excited. The lists overlap a little bit because this next list has stuff that could go in either. Okay. But first we have comedy slash medium, all mediums. Then we have business ideas slash inventions. The third list is insane ideas. Okay. And it's not like kill a bunch of people, although that is an insane idea. (laughs) 
it's ideas that like could very well be businesses or jokes or something. Yeah, like, like you wrote 48-hour improv marathon on that list at yeah, some point. Yeah, yeah. Insane ideas is quite insane. Um, then I have some pretty standard ones. Um, I have a list of like things to get. Mm-hmm. And I have an initiative in my life, which will be one of the other lists because it's coming up, but that I want to try to minimize like the actual amount of physical goods I have. Yeah. It's such a waste to have so many sure. things. Sure. I hate it. I, and, like, yes. I, don't, I don't need them. And I trick myself into thinking like. I have too much shit and I fantasize about like spending, I don't know, three days in my room and just going through everything I own and saying like, no, maybe, yes to everything I own and I feel like I would get rid of so much shit. I, you know in movies What's Eating Gilbert Grape is one of them but in other movies too where there's like a huge fire but then there's, it's like a cathartic visual yes, moment. Yes, sure. If there was a huge fire at my apartment that would be the exact reaction I would You have. would be like oh, this is have, like a cleansing. I don't have anything now. That's so funny. Yours, that is I think <laughs> but I think that's a classic like uh I know other men in the improv community who would say that same thing. Yeah. I'll say that. Like, I, I definitely have known guys who, like, when they move to apartments, they're just like, I don't want to have any things. Like, I, well, just wanna, right. I don't want to be held down. And I think that's, like, different than what you're saying. But Sure. And I'm very consumer-focused and pro-corporations. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm different than those guys for most of those reasons. That is very true. But I also have that feeling of just minimizing your life, I sure. think. And so um, – the list still exists, and there's crazy stuff on there. Like, I want to buy new juggling pins, a unicycle. Like, <laughs> I need a green suit. Like, stuff like that. I don't, I don't, I don't need that stuff. You don't need that. But if I think it, it's on the list. Okay. Like, I have rules for the list, and it is. It goes on there. never comes off. So unless you get it. Yeah, unless I get it, then I delete it. Um, then I have a big Are list. there any, like, actual practical things on there that you're like, I need to get this? Usually they're at the top of the list. Okay. And, like, so toothpaste is up there right now. That's so funny. So you use it for, like, all of the above. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, there are things that are semi-practical that I just won't buy, but I do need, like, a Swiffer. Uh-huh. I need a Swiffer at my apartment. I know what you mean. I I just asked for a crock pot for I, Christmas. That used to be on the list, and now I have one. Because, like, I I don't necessarily need it. But I do think I would love it and I would use it. Maybe that's an investment. And I investment. think it would, like, change my life. That's a huge investment. Yeah. You're going to save money over the course of the I year. so, too. A good call. And they're not even that expensive any- anymore. Hamilton Beach on Amazon. 80 <laughs> bucks. I'll send you a link. <laughs> two, two liters? Two quarts? I don't know what you need. I don't need a giant. I'm not yeah. looking to, to make a, like, buffet with my crack. I'm just looking to make a meal or two, you know. Yeah, I dig it. I dig it. Right, my so. my boyfriend, when I told him that this was an idea I had, I was like, he loves cooking it on whole, like, pork roast and then making it into carnitas. And he does it in this one pot, which is the only one that he owns. And it's delicious. When he makes it, it's so good. And I, like, I was like, what if I got a crock pot and then you could put pork in it in the morning and we could, like, eat pork after work? And Aww. he was like... That sounds amazing. <laughs> because as it is, it's like a time-consuming thing for him to, like, put some water in a pot and kind of figure it out and watch it and everything. But Well, I like that restaurants still boast about something being, quote-unquote, slow-cooked. Yeah. Like, like, like it's like impressive. The laziest thing they could have done. <laughs> right. It's like, yeah, this was slow-cooked for eight hours. <laughs> we yeah. put it in a place and forgot about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> what are you you're boasting about being slow-cooked still? But for real, 
that it usually tastes amazing. No, it, it, so like it definitely that's does why taste, you, yeah. in my mind, that's why they want to tell you. But I agree with you. Like, don't tell me that because of effort. Because no, <laughs> yeah, dude, I, I, I know what you're doing. <laughs> I've used a crock pot. <laughs> I am trying to cook more in my new apartment, mm-hmm. and so like over on Melrose. That brings me. Yeah, you'll be there tomorrow. <laughs> that brings me to list number. What list are we on? What have we done so far? We've done comedy, comedy uh, mediums, inventions, inventions slash business, 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 insane ideas, insane and ideas, things to get. Things to get. Okay. Um, very, very similar to insane ideas. And I've already referenced it two I was going to say, and you said that insane ideas was similar to like business innovations. The, they overlap a lot. Similar to insane ideas is initiatives. <laughs> okay. And initiatives are like li- general life initiatives. I love that. Like, take the stairs more or learn people's names. And truly, the whole, I mean, the, the root of all of these is, like, be a better person. Yeah. You know, in As Good I As It Gets, that. when Jack Nicholson says to Helen Hunt, you make me want to be a better man? Yes. I've, I'm, I'm like Helen Hunt. <laughs> uh, your list is like your Helen Hunt. My list is, oh, I just want to be better. And you, you can't, I can't remember stuff. I'm like, wasn't I supposed to remember even the things we're never supposed to forget. It's like the Holocaust, 9-11. <laughs> but isn't there more? <laughs> there have to be more. Right? Never forget the Holocaust. Never forget 9-11. I might make a list for these stuff. Right? Things that you should never forget. Yeah. I, I think I love this. The idea of the initiatives of like, just don't, just like try not to be a bad person. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Well, so again, it's very adjacent to I did that one day. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. I interrupted you. You did not. I did that one day, like, during a rehearsal. I was, like, not on stage, but I was just feeling very, like, frustrated and stagnated and, uh, like, I wasn't being as good a person as I could be in a lot of ways. And I just, like, flipped to an open page in, like, a legal pad and just started, like, writing things down that I wish I was better at. Oh, I like, love that. Like, not... Not self, not in a self-deprecating way, but like call your mom more. Like plan things with this friend because you know they'd appreciate it, and because you like that person. Like things like that. I just like rattled off a hundred. Like stop hitting the snooze button so much. Like yeah. and for a while, I would just like keep it in whatever legal pad I had. I don't think it really did anything, but that was like my instantaneous well, initiatives list. Yeah, it highlights yeah. your life. Um, one of mine that's very similar to that is n- knowing people's birthdays and texting them on their birthday. That's sweet. Or And half birthday, because I <laughs> care about half birthday. You love a good half birthday. But, but there's Mine's a, coming up December 8th. <laughs> I don't know if you're in my calendar, I'll add you. June um, 8th is my birthday. December, December 8th is my half December birthday. is when I... Um, did you say December 8th? It's my half birthday. My full birthday is June 8th. Okay, I'll put you in here. I think Facebook has really... Well, they they kind of ruined it's it. It's a I gift think. and a curse because I never write on people's walls when it's their face, birthday on Facebook because I just don't... It's not part of your style. It's just not. Well, Every once in a while I will if something strikes me as funny or like I have a joke with that person about their birthday or like something strikes me as like, oh, this would... Like I haven't good. talked to such as own in a while and... More often than not, if it's someone that I'm going to wish a happy birthday, I have their phone number, so I might just like shoot them a text instead. But this is the reason that I care about 
half birthdays because it's A, the furthest point on both ends from your real birthday oh, in the calendar. True. And B, most people don't remember or know their half birthday. Yeah. So when you get a text out of the blue and it's like, hey, it, basically the message of the text is I'm thinking about you and yeah. you're important. Right? Yeah, that's really sweet. People, I hope, are like feel joyful because I like of it. that. And it's... The, what, a con- what a nice like... Reasoning behind wanting to do something like that. It's also so that you can have a reason to talk to somebody. Yes. That, like, I would course. never call my buddies from college other than like, oh, dude, it's your half birthday. That's really sweet. I. That's a great idea. I, you Business have no slash I, invention. Half birthday calendar. You have no. <laughs> that is on the list. You have no idea how, like, of course it is. You have no idea how, um, like, pertinent that is pertinent that is to my life i feel like i'm bad at like keeping in touch with people when you sign up for my half birthday app it takes all your facebook birthdays and tells you the half birthday of your friend <laughs> if there are any developers listening call me so i can make this business you know adventure. a couple now <laughs> kind of kind of um the initiatives list is very adjacent to a list that probably wouldn't be that hard because you just have to have a facebook integration with someone's facebook friends yeah, but I'm learning to respect how hard even simple things are in yeah. the development world yes. where it's like interface sure. and blah, blah, blah. Right. Wh- anyway. What if, you know, and how do you measure half birthday? I go by six months. People that are born October 31st do not have half birthdays oh. in my opinion. I don't just. Wow. Yeah. And I actually celebrate a third thing that I, I kind of invented and I am obsessed with as well. <laughs> it's even more exclusive than a half birthday. Like, uh, everyone has a birthday. 95% of people have a half birthday. Yes. This thing that I also celebrate that's on my calendar is a day birth, which is the inverse of your birthday. If you were born 5'8", so you do have one, which is lucky. You have to be born within the first 12 days. To actually have one. So I was born 5'8", and so my day birth is November 5th. Uh, Oh, excuse me, um, August 5th. August 5th. Mine's August 8th. I love day birth, too. It's another insane reason birth. to talk to people. Stephanie and I have a friendship day, and it's the day that we point to as the beginning of our friendship. Stephanie is such a fun person. Wait, May 8th is your birthday? Uh, I don't say May 8th. That is my birthday, but Five, eight. I say Mayth. Mayth is also friendship day. Wow. Your birthday is on Stephanie and my Can you start day. calling it Mayth? Because that's yes. a strong stance I have. I, <laughs> um, I always tout that Should I, I call- have. Oh, I can't. It doesn't work the same you way. I was going to say, I could say juice, but it, it's juice? not the same. Well, I tout this as I boast about how I have the best birthday in the calendar because there are only four dates in the entire calendar. <laughs> you have thought about this so oh, much. Oh, a lot. There are only four dates in the entire you calendar. You have a list of all the dates in the calendar that you can do that with. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> uh, all of them are bad except for May. So that you can like squish together the sure. day and the month. Um, it's um, June 9th. But there's like an inflection shift. June 9th. So June 9th, right? You don't June 9th, yeah. And yeah. then June 19th. Yes. And then May 18th. May 18th is pretty good. But Mayth is one Mayth syllable. Is certainly the best of all of those. You're right. When I was a kid, I would joke that, like, if there's a speed birthday competition, tell me your birthday as fast as possible. I you always, would always win. <laughs> it's the fastest response ever. Mayth. It's five letters. M A Y T H. Mayth. I'm competitive about birthday speed. <laughs> Hey, guys, uh, when's your birthday? First to respond gets a free TV. Maith. It's Maith. Like, Maith wins. I I, I told my sister this when I was, like, maybe maybe 13 or 14. My sister 
because I have a twin. Uh-huh. I told right. her this and she was like. Hers is on May too. Uh-huh. Well, oh, I told her this whole thing and she was like, that's stupid. <laughs> and then I think 10 years later, she's like, oh, wait, that's awesome. Uh, well, I mean, there's probably a time in your life where you go through where everything that you think your twin says is stupid. I think so. When I was a junior in college, I was going to change my birthday. Um, I love like insane little personal shtick stuff like this, including Maeth. And I had this whole plan to change my birthday to be like a moving day. You know how Columbus Day is always like on a Monday? Yes. So I would change my birthday to be like the first Sunday in June. That's very funny. Um, and my, I was, one of my very best friend's birthday is right around um, Martin Luther King. And it's like usually the same weekend as it, she but she should it. just slap it on there. Yeah. I love that idea. It's like, then my birthday's on a, on a Sunday. Go out Saturday. Spend right. Sunday, right? But I think Maith is too good. Maith to is. You got to pick one thing. <laughs> love Maith. Okay. So similar to my initiatives list, very adjacent to it. And one would argue it's the same list, but I treat okay. them differently is a list that I title as rolling resolutions okay and it came from the many years of new year's resolutions that then it becomes february or march and you want to track them or hold on to them somehow and if there's 80 plus right how do you know um you made 75 i've made lots yeah but this past year you said this past year i think i only had 15 or 20 but um, I like to like think about half year, right? So like yes. when the second quarter of yeah, the year is over. Yeah, I think I think rolling resolutions is a good way to look at it because like why New Year's? Like what the the year is a construct. Indeed, half year is six months. Again, just like a half birthday, the furthest point from when you're thinking about bettering yourself. Right through the you know Gregorian calendar. So do you call it June thirtieth or July? 1st? Half year. On the midnight of June thirtieth, which okay. is half year in my opinion. Okay. I doubled down, and this half year I picked forty and fo- and tried to focus on the forty, and um, most of them are like so broad because I don't mind if they overlap, right? Like if one of them is to be calmer and the other is to like spend ten minutes meditating, right? Okay. Like that's okay; they're the sure. same thing, but they're different. But lineup. you would still list them separately. Yeah. Well, and I'm I'm not opposed to stealing. My favorite thing is to hear other people's resolutions and be like, oh, I'll do that too. Cool, yeah, cool. Yeah, that's great. Oh, you're going to write for an hour every day? Cool, me too. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like, I'll st- I, do, if you have resolutions to give me, I'll do them. Um, I don't think I really – I don't think I've ever – I feel like I have had resolutions in the past, but I think uh, – that what I, I just am always trying to better myself for the most part. There, I, I read a lot of news articles, or I try to, like blogs and whatnot, and there's a famous trader and economist is what I would call him. His name is Nassim Taleb, and he wrote a very famous that book. Name sounds he wrote a book called Black Swan, and then I think he wrote a book called – maybe he, he wrote another book, but Black Swan was the one I read that I liked. And he, for some reason, po- which is not the same as not the not the script. Darren Aronofsky's no. Black Swan. It's about like investments that are out of the blue and brewing markets. I don't know. It's a trading book. Okay. But his, oh. But oh. Yeah. His New Year's resolutions he, your, uh, he posted for some reason, and I remember reading them, and they were like they stuck with me because they were so counterintuitive and so aggressive and odd. 
it was like defend a stranger. Like there were some really cool ones. Whoa. Yeah. I was like, whoa. So I added some of those because those are, cool. they were really strong. Okay. I want to kind of go back and read that list. Some of them I strongly disagreed with. So, so they may not be like overarching habits. They may just be like a challenge for yourself. So a challenge for myself might fall under initiatives. I think a rolling resolution is something that I could like check a box. Okay. Like New Year's resolution would be I want to lose 10 pounds or right. Yes. And I don't necessarily think like that or like I want to go to the gym two days a week. Right. But they have there's this theory that once you do something for 21 days, it becomes a habit. Ooh. I think that's some scientific. I think. Yeah. Um, And so I like that thought that like if you're doing something, whenever I sit down at a restaurant, I like try to learn the waiter's name or waitress's name. I try to do that as well. People people make fun of me. My friends will be like, oh, yeah, Jake. Wait, I feel like I don't do it as much with wait staff, but I do try to like repeat the name of someone that I'm like talking on the phone, like a customer service person or something. Well, that that. was a separate resolution of mine is be as positive as you can be with customer service people on the phone. That's a good one. Like they're just getting call after call of people that are pissed off. If you can shock them. I try really hard to do stuff like that. It takes no effort for you. Yeah. And it just makes a big, big difference to them. You just, it is so important to remind yourself that 95 times out of 100 when you're in that situation, the person that you're talking to has literally nothing to do with what your problem is sure, sure. or what you're trying to achieve. And even if they do, they're going through a day job that they probably don't. I mean, exactly. You know. Like, I, it kind of, like, it frustrates me to, it frustrates me to no end that people seemingly lack the empathy to, like, understand that. I think even, even in the service industry. And what I believe, and maybe this is naive, but I believe that, like, humans do have that empathy inside them. But I think that the pace of our lives makes us skip over that. Yes. I was at um, Walgreens. That's a really good way to put it. Yeah, thank you. The one – I was at the Walgreens right near Second City, and I was buying mints or something. And I know it was mints, but other things as well probably. And the guy behind the counter was – didn't seem happy. And I just said um, in a friendly way, hey, how's your day? And he answered so honestly. He was like – Oh God, terrible day. Like I'm here. Mm. So like, how can I, I hate my job? He was like, so honest with me. And then I offered him one of my mints and he like laughed and I think it made him happier. Sure. So a small effort like that. I love that. Not changing the world, but no, but I do like as one human, I think about this a decent amount. There are only so many things that I can do to help make the world better. Yeah. And the best thing that I can do is to control the way that I interact with the world i agree um okay the last two lists are you ready they were so this is you've given me six okay so this will be eight i have way more but these are the two that i touch pretty much every okay day. that's okay like the six i mentioned i touch every day i probably uh-huh. added something to this list every day or or like so looked at them or whatever that's so funny this one is um these two is are fit how i think of like spending my free time mm-hmm. and I think you can set, you can segment your time or anything into endless categories if you want, but I like to segment into two categories and these are the two categories and it's um, something you're consuming or something you're producing. Oh, so in life you're either, produce, I love you're that. either producing or you're consuming. You and I are both producing right now, right? If we, sure. If we went home and watched TV, we'd be consuming. Sure. If we, oh fuck. I love that. And improv is a unique thing because you're consuming and producing kind of. But the, I can get on board with that. The lists are very concrete in that one of them is like a two-consume list. 
and it's just like the comedy medium list, it's all mediums. If somebody recommends a song, a book, if somebody recommends a movie, a show, an article, even a website, a service that I consume, like Birchbox or something, right? If somebody recommends that stuff, it goes on to consume. It doesn't mean I'm planning to consume it, but, right. it, you know. So if you recommend something to me, I'll put it on there. Awesome. And then the... It's not I'm com- really into the newsroom right now. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. I have I've had West Wing on my yeah. to consume for my, a long time. The this the S the old SO um is very good about when I really like something um and recommend it to him or like describe why I like it. He he loves to consume. Um so he is very good about like taking it in in a very quick fashion. And uh, I am not as good at that. And his, like, he kind of put, not an ultimatum, but he was like, if there's one thing that, like, I really would love for you to watch so that I could, like, newsroom? share it with you and you could appre- maybe appreciate it on some level, it's the newsroom. So I'm, like, finally doing that. We, we're in a society now where the way you interact with people is by what you've watched. It really and is. Recommendation. Especially, especially the people that we interact with on a daily basis. Yeah. Because there are a lot of people who do not consume as much as we do. Ironically, though, we are producers. I, I, no, ex- exactly. I think it's a – I used to feel super guilty. I'd be like, oh, all I've done is oh. consume. But I don't think that's accurate. I think there's an intimacy to consuming something, especially with another person or in an environment where the stuff that we are consuming is so good. I truly believe that the quality of television and, I mean, there's just so much. I right? absolutely agree with you. So I'm, like, also about a person for having watched Breaking Bad, you know, which is y- stupid maybe, but... I But I can't, especially as someone who wants to produce things for people, yeah. I truly think that there is, a, a, you know, there is more to just consuming. And I I think... Yeah, I mean, it may seem silly to say the sentence, I think I'm a better person for watching Breaking Bad, but, like, you watched, you know, the way that situation absolutely tore apart, you know, a family and a a community of people and, like, all of this stuff, and and you think about that. And all the elements, the stylization, the writing, the directing. Yes, like, that's just, like, the basis level of of thematically. Uh, The other thing I was going to say... Um, is that like, um, nope, I lost it. That's okay. (laughs) I was going to say that I I totally agree with you. And that's why I I, I stopped letting myself, I stopped being mad at myself. Yes. If you take a step back, like after watching, if I, you should really watch it. I want to put it on your two consume list. I'll put it it on my non-existent two consume list. Maybe I'll start a two consume list. You should. After watching it, I felt a lot like, oh, I should stop being mad at myself. Or you realize how much you're pissed off at yourself over things that you have a choice to not be mad at yourself for. Like I get mad at myself when I don't sleep and, yes. I, and I get mad at myself when I sleep too much. Yes. It's like, well, it's okay. I really, early this year, I got to a like standoff with myself about like things that I would get mad at myself for doing. And I just had to be like... MBS, this doesn't matter. Like this is wasted energy. Like, and it's your choice to feel that right, way. Right. Right. This brings me to the last list. My last list is it's like to produce, but I call it projects. Okay. And it's exactly what you would think it is: ideas for projects. Cool. What has been folded into that list is what formerly was known as Star JDF, which is Jake. Don't forget. Please. And those are like. 
Star JD. Those are like the most classic to dos. It's like don't forget you have to do this. And now I try gotcha. To, I try so to put I was stuff gonna say, calendar. do you think that's different from things like inventions, business, insane ideas, like it's specific projects? Projects Star is, JDF. Projects is I want to do this podcast. Okay. Projects is a lot of times, yeah, they do overlap, but projects is more on the forefront. Okay. Projects, the reason this that may be a more not realistic is the wrong word, but no, no, feasible. Re- I think realistic is spot on. Okay. And this is why I brought up the last list is because I try to spend, I try to stretch my time so thin. I try to do as many projects as I can. I try to get involved with every single theater if I can. And I'm only starting now. How long have you lived in Chicago? I'm from the suburbs of here and I moved back here um, at the end of 2012. But I was living in River North, and at the time I was working as a consultant traveling every week. And so I've been doing improv in the city for a little over three years, but it feels like a little over two and a half years. That's fair. There were six months where I was, like, going through I.O., never seeing a show. Yeah. Somebody was like, oh, we should go see Deep Trois. I was like, who? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I just That's w- different, though. That's different. Yeah, but I... It's a different way to interact with the community. I, That's st- why I still feel that way. Mm-hmm. I talk to people and, like... There's an. That's why it's hard to be on Facebook, and it's hard to. I think about leaving Facebook. Oh, you I left, left it, for, I left for two weeks. That's right. But then I realized that I think that um, there are benefits to being on Facebook because it's just such a norm. Yes. I also felt guilty making all my teammates promote shows that I'm not promoting. Yeah, that's fair. The the whole idea behind Facebook is like it's post social media. It's like post social now. Now it's so awkwardly and grossly overdone yes. that like I, I can't even go on there. And maybe it's because we're performers. I was talking to my coworker and she was like, "Oh, my whole Facebook feed is like moms and their kids." Uh, like my Facebook feed is inundated with events and groups, show and, plugs. Yeah, there needs to be a separate entity, business slash invention idea. Of yeah, just only for show plugs. But no one would want that. <laughs> I think I think there's a way to make it doable. You got to work no work the problem. Uh, so there's a list. Yeah. Sometimes I think. Thank you for sharing your eight most uh, populated lists. Very personal. That is so personal. I I I hesitated to ask what they were because I didn't know if you would want to reveal. I've there have been times when I've shared these lists with people and like read them some examples like close buddies of mine and they always give you shit. No, they always trail off like I don't care. Really, I think there are some ideas that are cool, that are fun. Right, but the idea of a list, seemingly from the way that you operate these, is very brainstormy. Very like I love to brainstorm. No idea dies. Right, or like there's no such thing as a bad idea. Right. I love brainstorming. That's why Sarah Pandey and I Aww. are so close with the 48-hour marathon. That right. was that was his idea. That's right. And he came to me like, I think I want to do this. And I was like, hell yeah. Yeah. I, my least favorite thing is when people go, that was my idea. Because uh. in my opinion, it takes two people and an equal level of investment for somebody to go, this is a good idea. And someone else to go, yeah, right. it is. That's, yes. that's a perfect example of like improv. I could start a scene that I think is genius unless somebody and on if, stage goes, It's yep. going to die. Yeah. It's going to die. Yeah. I think that the the thing that I have more trouble with than this is my idea is like, <laughs> and maybe this says something about me, is when someone like... uh 
is when someone, I guess it's similar, but more pointed when someone, yes, please. When someone, (laughs) I didn't have to say anything. (laughs) You asked me wordlessly and I could have just nodded. What a fucking idiot. I have (laughs) how many episodes? I still don't know how to do it. You're doing, oh, you're doing great. Oh, boy. Um, you have a great voice, by the way, for this. Um, Thank you. I used to be very, like, self-conscious about my own voice. Why? It's unique. It's I got mean, a lot of character to it. You know when you're young and you don't recognize the things that you should be embracing because they're different? That sums teenage... That sums up, like, a teenager's life perfectly. Right. Like, that's the di- that's the thing. Ooh. Um... What I was going to say is I don't like when people maybe had the initial, like, egg of the idea but then did really nothing to, like, follow through on it or the, like, take uh, responsibility for the entire carrying out of something even though they're one very small part of it or they get testy about someone else getting, like, recognized for something that they did as a part of carrying out the idea and they're like, Wait, but like I did stuff too, and it's like, yeah, we know, but sure. <laughs> chill out. That's why. Just because you're congratulating someone else on something that they did doesn't take away from your part in it. Oh God, in my opinion. Oh God, if everybody f- had that as lived that way, we'd have so much more collaborative work done. I think so too. Well, I have a lot of excitement around failing with ideas. I, I'm like obsessed with commencement speeches. I love watching like commencement really? speeches. I love them. I watched three today. I like really. I love that's them. how much you. What so I, around what, graduation time is like Christmas. Oh, it's my favorite you thing. You watch a million. There weren't that many good ones this year. Did there you were see a few. that Jim Carrey? The Jim Carrey one? one was good. Really liked it. He's done other stuff like that that I've seen where he's really very into that sort of meditation. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I just really loved that stuff about like I like Jim Carrey. His dad worked a job that he hated and then got to a point where he failed at it. And it's like if you're going to if you live in a world where failure is always possible, why not fail at something you actually want to be doing? Yeah, it's very well That's said. That's very paraphrased, but No, no, that was very close. Yeah. He had a biography. There's a biography episode about him and he had a interesting relationship with his father and there's like this thing about him and his father's grave where when his father was alive, I think he wrote himself like a five million dollar check and carried it around his, in his wallet to inspire him to like keep trying and whatever. be able to actually. There's some cool stuff about Jim Carrey. He was always an influence of mine, and I, I was slightly embarrassed by that because his movies are so mainstream and whatnot. But he's done uh, such I love that. He's done such outstanding work. <laughs> yeah, no one can deny how like well and Truman Show as well as. I love the Truman Show. Uh, Truman Show as well as um, Man on the Moon. I've never seen all of Man on the Moon. You should. I think it's well done, and I think Jim does a very good job. I'll put it on my two-consumer list. You should. My two. See, here's the thing with these lists is they get really, really long. Yes. I can't imagine if I had put everything that I'd ever like thought about watching or listening to yeah. on a list like that. It's rewarding, though, because... I'll probably die young, and when I do, (laughs) I'll almost definitely die young. And when I do, my friends will have my list. They can make a lot of money on the inventions. Why do you say that? Why do you think you're going to die young? It's just because of the story of the thing. Part of it is like a a joke from when I was 18. When I was a senior in high school, me and all my friends joked about that because I just am the type of guy to die young. That's my personality. I Oh, yeah, Jake Because you think died. you live fast? I, I don't think that's why. I just think I'm like a klutz. No. Uh, <laughs> there was a joke that was like, 
I'll still get texts from my best friends from high school where they're, where they're saying, how are you still alive? That's very funny. You should so be dead by now. And, um, what, but why? Just because it makes sense that I would be dead. I don't know. My mom hates this joke. <laughs> I don't necessarily hate it. I just feel like I'm looking for like. Yeah. Reasoning behind it. Yeah. I think it's just a way for my friends to tell me they want me dead. Cool. Great. That makes sense. They want me dead. <laughs> well, if and when I die young, my list will be all I have. But left. I, but it's so, that is so counterintuitive to me because I know the way that you like eat and treat <laughs> your body and it's like very healthily and well for the most part i don't think you sleep at all you're a robot but i, I definitely don't sleep very much i used to eat really poorly i okay. still sometimes do if i slip up and that's why I like but the fact that you make the effort most of the time is far more than most people can say thank you i i listened to the episode with um Brian Duff. Brian Duff. And he talked about it. He gave us some great tips. He's so healthy. Yeah, it's crazy. He's a smart dude. He's so smart. I respected that about his episode so much. It wasn't just him coming in and like talking, preaching or talking or anything. It was like he was so well read and so interested in the topic. And like I still talk about a lot of the things that he came on and told me. You've had some really good guests. It's a. If you look at that list. Wow. Well done. It's been a really nice thing to have in my life. Can I ask you if there are things that you've learned or things that you wish you would have done differently or things that, I mean, I just would love, A, to go down that rabbit hole for a brief second, but B, for me personally to learn as a host in my future. I love this. Um, I think that at the beginning I was really worried about, like, time and keeping things at a manageable length of time and making sure that no one was like losing interest while they were listening and i think the thing that i had to i think i just had to like build up some confidence where that was concerned because in my mind i was surprised that anyone ever listened to it ever and to this day i still kind of am just because to me it just seems like this like it just exists in a vacuum it's me and you talking and i love it because I get to I, I talk too, yeah. to someone that I know, that I respect, that is interested in talking to me about something that they know and love. Um, so that's like the foundation. And then I think there was a good like, <laughs> God bless Brett Dorman. Um, he was one of the first people. He sent me a message after the fourth episode of the podcast. And he said, hey, just so you know, I've been listening to your show. It's great. I hope you keep doing it. I've already learned so much. And um, Wow, that's great. It, it was so kind and, and effusive and, and just so, like, keep doing it. It was so reassuring. See, it's funny because it's no skin off his back to send a quick message. Right. He probably didn't think about it twice after he sent it, and it stuck with you, and it made such a big difference. Yeah, it, it really – it will always stick with me because he was, like, definitely one of the first people who, like, really believed in the show and, like, what it could be. And I responded, like, so, you know, graciously. I was just like, oh, my God, this is so nice. Thank you so much. Like, your dear friend and roommate Nick Johnson is going to be my guest in two days – two weeks so like i hope you'll look forward to that kind of thing did you have him on the show yeah and when he did the show it was i want to say in the like 
I want to say it was early 20s. I want to say like at 23 or something like that. It was relatively early on. But, I, you know, I had a few under my belt. I'd been doing it for, for six months or so, and that's nothing to scoff at. And he talked about Godzilla, which is a thing I knew nothing about. <sighs> but he knew so many things about, and he loves film, so we got to talk about film and really dig into that. And while he was doing it, he was like, you should let people go longer than an hour. Because I used to, like, hard cap it. If I looked and I was like, 50 minutes, I uh, have to. How long have we gone? We've been going for exactly an hour. <laughs> uh, I got to go see it. <laughs> no. Um, wow. But it, I would hard cap it because I was just very anxious. Like, I, well, because I would want to put an intro on it and that would be, like, two minutes. So I would try to wrap things up at, like, 45. And sometimes the conversation just wasn't done. Like sometimes there was plenty of a head of steam and I feel like I curtailed things that could have been more interesting because I was self-conscious about the people listening. And the thing you can certainly realize in that is like someone can turn it off if they're not interested in listening to it anymore. I could go through and edit things, but I like, I don't like the thinking of myself as like the arbiter of releasing what's interesting to people. That's well said, yeah. I like putting it out into the world and saying, this is one intact hour to an hour and a half long conversation about what my guest loves. Yeah, that's really nice. I and, and like, I can see why people produce a lot and then edit it down, and I can see the argument for that being, like, a level of quality that may be more... Consumable, accessible. Yes. Well, so my show is that way, and I think it's a necessity because because my show is we're watching the last week's episode. Yes. We're pausing and they're, talking. They're top. Yeah. But I want a chunk of. I've gotten. I've asked some of my guests for advice. Ben Harp gave me a good piece of advice, which was, don't worry about the last weeks and showing things from them. Like, focus on the person in front of you. Yeah. And then Miguel Lepe and his wife gave me advice, and it was basically, we would love to see a little snippet from each episode so we know what the path was getting here. Uh, I think both those things make sense. I just need to creatively decide. I can see that, too, and I agree that I think it ultimately, it, ultimately for this show, it had to be my choice of what I wanted it to be, whether I wanted it to be a thing that was, my show's an hour long. I pr- like it's not a big time commitment for you. In the end, an hour and a half isn't that much more of a time commitment for, for someone than an hour is. Especially yeah. if there's some, I've come to realize that like if you're going to listen to a podcast, you're probably going to listen to one that's a little bit longer. Well, also, I think you're making your guest your priority. Yes. And that's so key. And I know I value it. I'm sure all your other guests value it instead of feeling like they need to be quote unquote performing. Yeah. Versus I'm comfortably talking about these crazy lists. Right. Right. And And I think that's more interesting. I am much more interested in knowing what the like person's relationship to whatever the topic is than the actual topic, especially when people get second guessy about like, uh, their knowledge of the topic and things like that. I'm just like, it doesn't matter. Well, the good thing is that because I have seven more things on this list of things I'm an expert on, you can have me seven more times. Me. And we can do <laughs> seven more episodes. I really want to talk about how I'm an expert in love. I think I am, though. Do you think that lists affect the way that you're... I think I'm a better person because of my lists. Like my comedy, people keep lists for their comedy in general, but 
the rolling resolutions, the insane ideas, the initiatives, the business ideas slash inventions, those are things that encourage me to be more creative throughout my day-to-day life and not be afraid of writing something stupid down. One of the things on the insane ideas list is dog and rollerblades. Like, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> There's nothing there. It's just a random <laughs> stupid idea, right? It's just stupid. Yeah, but you can revisit it and, like, get a chuckle out of it, if nothing else. Or I can put a dog in rollerblades and, like, invent or something. Or you can put a dog in rollerblades. I don't know. We put a man on the moon. We can put dog in rollerblades. Uh, <laughs> I kind of think that, like, sums you up as a person. Dog in rollerblades? <laughs> well, saying, like, we could put a man on the moon. We could put a dog in rollerblades. I think we could. Uh, that is like baby wear flip flops. <laughs> I've, I'm. Thank you, by the way, for your answer. It was very candid and very direct. It gives me a little bit of clarity as to how I should focus on my show. That's one of the biggest things I had to kind of r- realize. Well, I feel the same way you feel about like being really grateful and joyful that somebody wants to sit and talk with me. Yes. Like come to my apartment, sit on my couch, watch my TV, watching somebody else talk to me. Yes. But. I think people, A, like to talk about themselves. That's, like, well-known. Yes. I remember going through, like, interview training. I mean, I have 120 episodes (laughs) of talking about myself. As much as I talk about other people, or other people talk about themselves, I certainly interject about myself probably too much. No, not at all. I wish I had that many chances to talk to those 100 different Uh, very cool people. Yeah. You had a great list. I've I've said it before. I know, good people. Well, I just think that people love talking about themselves, but they're also... People will surprise you. Yes. And it's like, wow, I, yes. re- I really didn't know that about you. It's not the kind of thing I would have asked you at a coffee shop or a diner Absolutely. or a bar. Absolutely. That is the beauty of podcasting, I think. Yeah. I, and and I think that there are things like... I just think performing in general. Yes. Like somebody goes on stage and they start talking about something. You're like, whoa, they know a lot about water skiing. Yeah. Oh, I almost water skied professionally. It's like, yeah, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. it's just cool. Like... Uh, that's why I think things imp- you never would have guessed about someone. This might sound kind of cheesy, but I think the improv community is one of the strongest communities for that reason. Because of the people's willingness to share things with one another. Yeah, because of the nature of the fact that the way we interact is often through producing something, and mm-hmm. usually when we're producing something, that gives you a free pass to be significantly more open, not just about what you like and your strong opinions, but who you truly are. Yeah. You look at a bunch of lawyers or a bunch of people that play soccer together or whatever, that medium of their interaction isn't as conducive. It seems more superficial. I had this traumatic thing happen to me and it affected me this way. Right. I've, I've said that for a while about just like being a person who works, uh, in the like creative arts, just being, I did theater growing up and I felt like the people that I did theater with were the people who knew me the best because I was much more willing to be, myself uh around them and i think that that's a combination of that i was the type of person who was drawn to something like that right it's a two-way street and the nature of the beast itself don't get me wrong there are definitely performers in this community that are significantly more closed off than you would think and it's and people who overthink everything they do or say and you just want to shake them and be like chill out it's yeah. it's gonna be fine. <laughs> Have fun. It's yeah, okay. yeah. This improv doesn't last forever. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I used to worry a lot about being the funniest person. Really? I think about like Second City, mm-hmm. and I think about 
the nature of like m- what my role in my future in comedy is. Sure. And I was like, I need to be the funniest. You have to be the funniest if you want to reach the pinnacle of what that looks like or whatever. Well, I think I realized recently that you definitely don't need to be the funniest. You need to be one of the funnier people. Yes. But in combination of being one of the funnier people, you also need to be one of the nicest, one of the most honest, one of the most hardworking. Yes. Like it's never one yes. thing. Yes. Have you ever heard, you would love this if you never heard it before, but I bet you have. Um, that there are three things. Oh, I thought it was something to consume. I was going to put it No. Oh. <laughs> um, punctuality. Uh-huh. Uh, your ability to work with other people. Your actual talent. Yeah, and talent's pick, only a third of that. Pick yeah. two. Oh, I like that. You will never... I've heard it put that you will never succeed unless you have at least two. I'll drop the punctuality. <laughs> That's... That is... Mm, I mean, it sounds kind of like boastful, but I think that's my weakest too. That's my weakest. I absolutely. Actually, that's so funny. The truth is, my weakest. I mean, is probably, I showed up late to this. <laughs> my weakest is probably working with other people. Really? I think I I'm starting to work better with other people, but Sarah will be the first person to joke about how I'm not good with other people. I think I just I have such a strong opinion. You're very headstrong. Well, and I can be swayed very easily, and mm-hmm. I, but I just have immediately very high conviction in my beliefs mm-hmm. and I crave somebody to butt heads with me. Like I crave a strong opinion. Sometimes it happens even with the brand new toys where I'm like, can somebody yell and be mad? I just like, I think, it, com- I think it. it comes from just yeah. being a Jew. Like I just, That's so funny. I just want somebody to be like, you want a challenge. I want like, well, I want, I want aggressive, raw, unfettered, heated emotion and chaos so that you can get past it. And then love it. And then ha- like that's so funny. I'm. I don't. Are ha- you like? Mm, are you like that in relationships too? <laughs> oh my god! I'm the worst. Absolutely, you are. That's so funny. I have a. I have a joke. Molly. Jo- Molly Jones hates this joke. Most of my girlfriends. <laughs> hate this joke. But the joke is that I'm a terrible boyfriend, but I'm a great ex-boyfriend. That is hilarious. Of course, Molly Jones hates that. Because I. When I'm a, when I'm in a relationship, I truly like I I like testing boundaries. I'm not on purpose, but I just think my general personality is to like feel out the situation and then get comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe you just push things too far in the first place. I just I very much respect intense people, and I try to be one myself consciously. In that, like I try to do a lot, and I if you have a belief, like yell it. I don't know. I it's subtlety is great on stage sometimes. But in a creative setting. Like, sure. I, I, oh, it's so funny you say that because I remember having a conversation with Meg Johns recently. Do you know Meg Johns? I do know Meg Johns. She was a teacher of mine and she's extremely talented. I love her. I think she's very talented. She was my second teacher I ever had here. She recommended me to be an internet annoyance and I think that it truly changed the trajectory of the way that I like interacted with that theater in this community. Yeah. I'll um, say one po- very positive thing about her. She's got an extremely convincing positivity. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of people, I say convincing on purpose, that have like genuine positivity. Whether hers is or is not genuine, she's got extremely convincing positivity. I think that's a good way to put it. I think it makes, it, you, f- it like, it makes you feel really good to mm-hmm. be around her. She's yes. a very positive person. She has an extraordinarily positive energy, and I think it makes her a great teacher because she's also willing to give you constructive notes and feedback while still being yeah, a with positive a, with energy. with a silver lining of like, it's going to be okay. Yep. 
Yeah. And I think I learned a lot from her in that respect for sure. Um, but she told me recently, we were talking about a show that they did last year for a while at the Annoyance. It's one of the first times that they've ever directed like kind of a response, quote unquote, to like a made stage review. Interesting. Um, I didn't. What was the show? It. Oh, no. Now I'm not going to be able to remember what it was called. But the cast was amazing. It ran for a while. It was um, her and Neil Dondaday and Tim Paul. And was it Invisible World? Yes. Thank you for knowing what it was called. I saw Um, it multiple times. Bratz. Yeah, I saw it it multiple times. It was a great, great show. And she was telling me because someone made a joke or did something, and I I looked at her and went, too soon, too soon, too soon, too soon, soon, too soon. Yeah, yeah, the the too soon singers. That's Tim Paul's. And she told me, it was absolutely Tim Paul's, and she told me that Tim brought that to to pitch very early on in the process. And every time he pitched it, everyone was like, it's not going to work. And he would rework it and pitch it again, and someone would say, it's not going to work. And he would rework it and pitch it again, and someone would say... This works better, but it's still not going to work. And it fucking made it to the show, and it fucking worked. Yeah. It was hilarious, and it was like it tested the boundaries of what you could get away with in a totally refreshing way. I remember him making a joke about Jan Hooks the week after Jan Hooks died yeah. during that show, and it worked. Jeez. And she said, I learned from that that most shows are not necessarily what is the funniest thing making it to the show, but more so what things people are bound and determined to getting into the show. Yeah. He and not to take anything away from that piece because it's hilarious. Yeah, it's great. But it was because Tim fucking stuck to his guns. He worked it. He knew he wanted to do it and he worked it and he made it so that it, it worked in a show. Uh, prior to Brendan Dowling, the brand new toys coach for a year was Tim Paul. Mm. And he was outstanding to work with because I think that very opposite to Megan Johns, he's got a very convincing negativity. Yes. But no- similar to, I would say, Rich Zone. He has a convincing negativity, but I don't think at his heart he is a negative person. Yeah. Same thing with Tim Paul. I think at the end of the day, like both of them have such a, um, such a strong and Jimmy Pennington. Do you know? I don't I see mean, him as negative. I love Jimmy Pennington. I don't, but I never see. He's always been positive with me. Okay. Every time I've interacted with him, sure. I love his look. He's got a great style. I love that guy. But I, I, I think with with Tim and a lot of the people at the annoyance, the the creativity fostered there is like you, anything is okay as mm-hmm. long as at the end of the day you're doing good work that you're proud of. Right? Yes. So. I think that comes through in the way that they teach, in the way that they put up shows, in the way that they direct or coach or whatever. Where it's like, you think that I'm going to get in trouble for feeling this way? No, I'm definitely not. But you better own it. Yeah. At the end of the the day, it's all about the work. And I love that. I I mean, I think that's, you get that a little bit at Second City too. People doing Mm -hmm. outstanding work because they care about the work. Uh, I... It circles back to what I said that sounds kind of corny. I feel very lucky to be part of this community. Me too. Just doing this kind of stuff. And having so many people that are so talented around you. Someone recently asked me if I thought I was going to like run out of people to have on the podcast. And I was like, no. You should see the list that I have of people that I still want to have Wait, on it. you keep a list of people? I keep a list. You're think- on it. No, not, not anymore. anymore. Well, I should but be on you were. seven more times. I should be on it. <laughs> okay. Oh, boy. I've never had a repeat guest. I'm probably going to soon. I thought you did, Rosie Moan. No? No. Cool. Only once. 
Yeah. You probably wouldn't need a repeat guest. I mean, I can. I don't think so either. And people like say it sometimes. If you ever need a guest for a guest, I'm like, okay, like, sure. But like, there's so many people that I haven't talked to yet. Like, and it's not to take anything away from the people who want to do that again. Because I think that's so nice. And so like, I, I love that so much that people are so interested in being a part of it that they want to do it again. But at the same time, I'm just like, I have, I feel like I've only scratched the surface. You should get Sarab on here. He'd be I a really want good guest. Sarab to do it he for would, sure. He would be good. And um, and if you haven't had Mary Till, then I think she's super talented. And I haven't, but I should. She has like I'm right. a great a great insight into a lot of stuff. Every time I talk to her, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we're both from South Carolina. I did not know that. There you go. You guys can talk about that. Uh, I'm very biased of all the people that I play with. Lauren Gilbert on Nimbus. She's so, oh, she is so interesting. She's and funny. got an insanely interesting life. She's very cool. She's really creative. She's one of my favorite people to talk to too. Yeah. Um, she definitely strikes me as someone who comes from a different perspective. Well, you do a good job of, that's why this show is successful and why I think people are drawn to play with you and why I've invited you and will continue to invite you to the 48 hour marathon as a key player is because you do a good job of playing with all styles of people and personalities. That was my favorite challenge of that weekend. Oh, we go from like improvised Dragon Ball Z to doing Nate Verone's Dry to doing like a CIC. Yeah. Yeah. Was... Yeah. Like to like improvised mythology to um, the Newport Hounds, you know, like right. it was and even, you know, an ending. I, I just don't think. I will ever forget doing all those fucking heralds at the very end. Yeah, Winter Formal is a genius team for that having us do. so fun. I think we got eight and a half heralds in an hour or 45 minutes, whatever it was. Yeah, it was so fun. God, well, that was a fun show. Well, I just was so depleted <laughs> in like brain energy that I was saying whatever we're doing out of it, my face. We're doing it next year, and I'm sure you're going to be a part of it. I would love to. So thank you for having me. Oh, Jakey boy. Are we wrapping up? Tell me, what else do you want to know? My last question. Okay, cool. How do you feel your love of lists has influenced you both creatively and your life in general? We've obviously spoken to this already up to this point. Correct. I can give you a one-sentence wrap-up here. Love it. Love wrapping up. You're such a good host. You Uh, wrapped it up for me. (laughs) I know you love it. You're going to wrap it up. Um, My love of lists has affected me creatively because it has proven that even in such a fluid an open environment that structure and formula can help a lot. I love that. It also in the simplest, most concrete way has reminded me that if you think something is good and you think you're going to remember it, you won't remember it, write it down. Yes. God, both of those are incredible lessons in comedy. Incredible. Because I write it down. I think that one of the biggest pitfalls of shows and theaters and things like that in this community is that they try to take the like improv mantra too seriously. Mm -hmm. Like, and I don't want to say that as like undercutting. It's like, Oh, it'll probably work out. Like we'll figure it out. Right. Sometimes you can't, you can't let that be the way that you run it. Like sometimes you do have to figure more shit out than you actually think you will. And I think that's kind of a rude awakening that people figure out as they get into it. Yeah. You can't be overprepared. Mm-hmm. Um, and Brendan Dowling did a great job directing uh, brand new toys is doing a sketch show right now. Yeah. It's Thursdays at eight at public house theater until Thanksgiving. 
but the show has some sketches that are great and some that maybe are hit or miss, but we're really proud of the way that the show is put together because it's so prepared. And I think that's, that's like awesome. a testament some, to somebody like Dowling who's great about that. That's awesome. And sometimes that's, you know, if, if you, especially if you don't think it's like the best show content wise that you could have put together, at least like make it precise, at least make it clean. Yeah. Yeah. So cause it's asking a lot to, to do both you know what i mean to fill in the like yeah quality and and a running order is really just a list a running order is certainly a list <laughs> so i love lists i'm going to continue to keep them you got to keep them manageable rereading my list has been big for me do you ever take things off of them or is it more of an ordering? No, I'll delete things. I also change the format. Right now I have my lists all as separate Google Docs and I have an additional Excel spreadsheet that I use for track, list of lists. No, tracking things and like what was formerly JDF but now gotcha. is like, oh, I need to make a doctor's appointment. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. But all of this still goes through the same filter it's gone through for eight years you're, so you're saying like your spreadsheet is more of your like to-do list yeah or it's more of my like every morning i pull it up gotcha but all this flows through my whatever the medium has been what i call q q u e u e okay where i just like put it in there and then i deal with it later because in this moment right now in this moment if you were like hey you got to see this movie I would, instead of worrying about it, I would just throw it on my queue right here. Oh. And then once it's on the queue, like later you tonight, can I'll add it to a list. It, yeah. Damn, dude. You're a robot. Love, love lists. You're, this is the best. Thank you so much. Thank you for this having me. This has been me. an absolute joy, and I knew it would be coming in. If you ever need movie recommendations, I got a list of them. So <laughs> just let me That's know. That's great. Jake, I love you, and I mean that. I love you, too, on BS. Thank you for being a big part of a lot of the things I've done. Yeah. I hope you continue to be, and I'm sure you will. Me, too. Me, too. This has been a Nerdalogs production. For more on the Nerdalogs and our shows, please go to www.nerdalogs.com. Thank you all. Thank you all. I am Grabbot23548X.